What's up, guys? Welcome out to another episode of the show. Today on the show, we're bringing on a club director for Idaho Premier Basketball. He's going to be talking about the club basketball scene, what he learned in club when he was a younger kid, and what he's been able to utilize as a coach and a club director now with his particular club. It's the same club that I coached for last year, and I wanted to bring him on to share this experience with all of you guys, especially those who are wondering if their kids should or should not play uh, or or try out for club basketball. Um, I think this will give a lot more insight into the actual club scene so you can understand the benefits of club as compared to just normal high school basketball. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time This is the Game Time Guru podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's up, everybody? Welcome out to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. I am your host, Shane Larson. Excited to be here with you guys. Listen, a massive shout out to all the listeners and supporters of the show for the last five years. If you've been with me for the whole five years, congrats. You've been here for one hell of a journey. And if you are just new to the show, welcome aboard. I'm excited to have you guys with us. Every single supporter has helped us get to where we're at right now. 93 different countries as we speak and over 76,000 downloads. And we continue to just bring on uh, new guests every single week to hear their stories, learn more and more about the sports world um, from various individuals. And today's no different. We're going to bring on the club director, I should say co-club director, him and his wife are amazing um, individuals of Idaho Premier Basketball. We're going to be talking about club ball, we're going to be talking about high school ball, and we're just going to be talking about the club itself with Idaho Premier and uh, getting to dive a little bit deeper into this subject. His name is Colin Grove. Colin, thanks so much for joining the show, man. Shane, man, I'm a huge fan. You know this already. Uh, it feels great. It feels an honor. It's an honor to uh, be able to come on here and and talk to you and and uh, man, I tell you what, like you do amazing things. So this is a privilege. I appreciate oh, it. Oh man. So, so you guys know this by now, hopefully the listeners do, but Colin gave me an opportunity to coach last year, which was my first chance of coaching at that level at the club level. And it was, it's life changing. So I'm looking forward to doing it more and more, but um, yeah, Colin holds a, it's, it's a soft spot in my heart for Colin and his wife because they gave me that opportunity that Dude, I didn't have the, You were so good though. You're so, <laughs> you can connect with the kids and like, that's, that's one of the biggest things that that you need to do is be able to connect with these kids and on different levels, not just basketball. So, man, it was it was awesome to see. Like, but you were so like intense about it. Like, it was so great. Like when you called, like you were just so like you wanted to know, like have these answers for for plays, and and and, and you just wanted to be so ready and prepared for these kids. It was it was great to see. Honestly, you did an amazing job. It well, was, I. I appreciate that because I mean, I always stress about that. I have anxiety when it comes to like making sure that I'm prepared, but here's that speaks to you too, Colin. So that's where I'm excited to kind of talk about this because I, I always have had a massive amount of respect for you in regards to your IQ of the game. Cause anytime I did call you or ask you for tips or whatever, like what do you suggest in this situation or what should you do in practice? Like, here's my situation. What do we do? You always had a breakdown of something, or if I was at a, a practice with you and I was watching how you did things with your team, I was like, okay, I could take bits and pieces here and there. Like you have a, a very high IQ of the game, Colin. So let me ask you this before we even dive into club ball and get into this discussion. What's your history in the sport of basketball? 
as a player, as a coach, whatever, like let's, let's rewind the clock, Colin, and get to know you as a, as a basketball guy. How do you have such a high IQ? How long have you been around the game for? Well, I mean, like, like most who, uh, who are in my position, I've played since I was five years old and, and, you know, I got into, uh, the club scene at the age of oh, sixth grade, I believe. Uh, before that they had AAU, um, they had, we had certain rec leagues out in San Diego, but I mean, they weren't your typical Y ball. It was, you know, pretty, pretty solid, but <laughs> sixth grade is when I got introduced to club. And like, I realized that's something that I needed to do in order to be able to, you know, give me the best opportunity uh, for exposure and just to be seen and, and not just that, just the competitiveness of it and like challenge myself. And, and so that allowed me to, realize <laughs> that I'm not the most athletic and gifted and I'm not the tallest and I'm not the fastest. So you, where's your advantage going to come from Colin? Because you need to find one of them. So, you know, my, my, uh, my knowledge for the game then had to really take a, take a turn and actually focus on like how I can, how I can beat my man or, or, or how am I going to expose uh, this team or what are the, what's their weaknesses so that I can actually, know what I'm doing heading into a game. And and it honestly started probably in seventh grade when I would watch because we go to tournaments. So I had to watch whoever we were going to play. Like, if, if I know the first game you don't know, but after that, like, wherever those games were, like, I had to be there watching it because I just wanted to see what I was going to be able to, to do well at and what they were going to do well that I could try and take away. So, you know, I – I just started then realizing that I'm not, I need to be able to have uh, the IQ and cause I wasn't going to get the height anymore. I stopped growing it. I stopped growing in seventh grade. I have not grown an inch since seventh grade. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, so it's not I like you're the shortest guy in the world. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. yeah you're, you're not that short as far as like there, there's yeah. guys much shorter than you, but I mean, right. I guess if you stopped in the seventh grade, you probably were a really tower. Did. It was crazy. <laughs> So here's the thing that I, I just took note on that. And the, and the listeners, I hope any, any athlete is paying attention to this and, and coach for that matter. I love the fact that you mentioned, you know, you realize where you were at athletically and with your genetics, as far as your stature, right? I was kind of the same way. I, I was, I've never been fast. I've always been a slower player, but I could shoot and I, I was strong. So I've always been strong enough to be able to body up on defense, but I've never been tall either. So I was not tall. I wasn't fast, but you have to find ways. Yeah, I can shoot. That's great. But how do you get open to shoot and how do you leverage that to, to be able to get those opportunities in the game when you're playing someone that's bigger, stronger and faster than you. And I love the fact that you said that, like you've always been really good at that from what I've seen is teaching the players how to do that. Like, Hey, that team might be bigger, stronger, faster. They're pretty much all around better. So how do we leverage any of their weaknesses against them to give us an advantage at some point? And you're really good at le letting that happen And in Idaho for that matter. That's where we're at. Unfortunately, the athletes just aren't the same here. We're not built the same all the time. And so sometimes you do have to be able to use your IQ. And that's, I think, where your expertise comes in handy for a lot of these young men because the IQ will get you further. You know, obviously genetics and all that stuff, that plays a huge part in sports, especially at the next level. But you do have to have a little bit of a brain to be able to be successful. And I think that's huge. Colin, so when you came to Idaho... When did you get into the coaching scene in Idaho, I guess? Because you're from California. But when did you get into the coaching scene in Idaho, and where was it at? Yeah, so um, I a uh, buddy of mine named uh, Neil Robertson was coaching over at Columbia High School, and and uh, I had heard about the program at the time not being very successful. 
and uh, they were they were looking for a uh, all new coaching staff. And and Neil said, man, you you'd be a great fit. Like they, yes, there's nowhere to go but up from here because they've lost 54 straight games by an average of 30 points a game. Like average of 30 points a game for 54 straight games they had lost. And uh, I had a, a niece that was going there, and then I had my nephew that was going to go there. So I had ties there as far as family and then uh i always liked neil and got along with neil and neil played at uh, c of i and and uh so he said you should come on board with us and so i decided to to take on that that challenge of okay so we got a team that a culture that's just used to losing that in losing bad where else can we uh, besides the mental part like what are we lacking that we can try and fix or try and do immediately and and so it began and uh so it was john davis uh a buddy of mine who actually is from san diego as well Uh, as john davis myself neil robertson and and trip um uh triple and so uh, tennis triple sorry yeah (laughs) but anyways so yeah we ended up taking uh this program over and and sure enough the first year there was a little bit of improvement but it was still, still pretty bad. We, what we implemented, what I implemented was we needed speed and agility though. Like these kids, it's not just basketball. Like you can get in the gym as much as you want, but like these kids, they lack the the footwork and the explosiveness and the confidence that comes with going through speed and agility training and going through something that is not basketball related that they weren't used to doing that they didn't think was part of the game. They thought they could just go to the gym and shoot up, put up shots. And you know, that's how, that's the only way to improve. And granted, yeah, it's, it's a, you need to get in there and get shots up, but there's so much more to basketball than, than just putting shots up. And so it was pretty cool to see and pretty amazing to see that the turnout and me and my wife did it for free. So Jessica's, she played D one soccer at Sac state and she knew all the, she knew exactly how to um, do all these, different types of speed and agility drills and, and put these kids through the proper training that, uh, you know, teach them how to use their body, teach them how to use the like how, you know, techniques, like things that I never had really thought about, but she was just so good at it. And it, and it got these kids who were, got these kids to the point where they, you could see it. It started in April and by summer league, you saw these, these athletic moves and we we're like, Hey, Hey, that's good footwork. Like that was good body control. Like, there you go. Okay, let's we're on to something. So, Justin and I did that for the two years that, um, for two straight years. And honestly, it started with the ability to believe in themselves that they can make a move like that. It started with them knowing that they had coaches who, who were trying to, who believed in that they could get better, and were actually putting in the time and effort to get them to get better. Because these days, if if kids don't feel like they have the belief from their coach or their their teammates. It's it's pretty pretty rare that they're gonna you're gonna see good results or, or results that you want to see as as a coach. So I've always had that philosophy of I need to be able to make sure that each one of my players knows I believe in them because they can each do something differently and that can improve this team and make it about the team aspect and and so you just got to be able to have that ability to find out what it is that that kid needs to hear and what he's really good at and then you just keep on building off of that like it could be just one small thing but you build on that kind of stuff and you see these kids all of a sudden like now everything that you tell them are like 
the words that come out of your mouth, like they're locked in because they know that like you're not just, oh, you're just saying the random thing that like some coach that doesn't care or, or just been there just for the motions or whatever it may be. When they see that, okay, he's he actually is he actually is thinking about me. Like yeah. he <clears throat> made a suggestion that I now did that I could see the result. And, and so it's just, it was the belief and letting them, letting those kids know that we cared about them and we know that we have the right information to be able to help them. And they may not have won. I forget how many games we won that first year, but it was uh, the second year there. We had, uh, I think the first year we won like three games or four games, right? And it wasn't much, but still an improvement. And then that second year there is when we saw kids starting to really buy in even more and, and, and actually want to come to tryouts. They had so many athletes in Columbia that wouldn't even go try out for basketball because they were that bad. And, and you know, it just is one of those things where you saw the change in culture because we weren't going to put up with, you know, mediocrity. We weren't going to put up with, with half-ass efforts at practice or, you know, like these kids were just not used to that. So um, by the time we had uh, that second year, we had Jake Poulton there, Jake Poulton, um, Jalen Alexander was going to be, he was a freshman there, but anyway, so we had some progress the second year, I mean the third year, and that was the final year. I only played, I was only there for three years at Columbia, but third year there, we were taking them to state. You know, we won districts, we won league, won districts, and then, uh, went to state for the first time in school history in, in just a matter of three years. And, and it was honestly because, um, it was a different, the, the culture that we set and, and the belief in letting them know that they, they knew that we were there for them and that we were trying to do what's best for them. And, and but it's kids, again, kids don't have that, their coach backing them and they don't have that positive influence. Like that just makes all the difference in the world. So totally. So the one thing I, I keep circling here on my paper is culture. You know, I, I know that you had experience after Columbia. You actually were over at Meridian for a time too, but, and, and, and it's funny because both of those programs have a similar thing in regards to culture. Now Meridian wasn't as bad as Columbia in regards to how bad off they were for a minute with losing. Um, but Meridian hadn't had a winning season since my senior year in high school. Uh, like they hadn't made the state until, you know, two or three years ago. Um, so it was like a 14 year hiatus to even get to the state tournament, which is crazy because for those here in Idaho, in our particular conference, you just have to be a, a mediocre team basically to make it to state. You have like four, maybe five teams can make the state tournament here in Idaho out of our <laughs> I, conference. It's I really don't it's, like it. It's I, it's not it's not the the greatest way of seeding things and, and putting people in there. A lot of teams around the state get pushed out because of that that the way that it's set up. But like that's how I always look at it. I'm like, if a team's not making it to state for that long, then they must really not be that good. Cause yeah. like, you don't have to be the greatest team to make the state. Sometimes you just have to be middle of the pack. Sometimes um, culture though, Colin, you you've touched base on it, but like culture, how do you develop? If you could just elaborate, like take a losing culture teams that are like used to losing it's, it's easier said than done. But if you're, if you don't know how to win, I guess a kid, especially at these young ages from the time they're 14 to the time they're 18, if they just don't know what it's like to win, I guess what is the biggest factor? Like, if you could just pick one thing, what's the biggest factor of getting them to switch that belief in, in themselves? The number one thing for me in that regards to culture is there's 
we're not going to accept anything less than what you could put out and give me an effort. If you give me effort with with a with good attitude, with no, I'm not yeah, positive attitude. Yes, you're gonna get kids who are gonna upset like and 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 it's game of basketball. Like of course, like you're gonna have people who don't who will yell and get upset with with whether it be a coach or a player at times because they're they're just they want to win. But sometimes that doesn't that doesn't happen until you can create the atmosphere of or the culture of we don't take anything less than just your best effort because if you give me your best effort with my IQ with, with what I can know, know of the game. I could teach you that part, but I can't teach effort. I can't, I can't teach someone to to give me everything they have. I mean, I, I honestly feel like when it comes to, to culture, I, I 100% believe that if you give me what you got effort-wise and you have a positive attitude as far as believing that I can help you get to that point, then I think that's a winning recipe for me. So I, I you, kids that are used to losing they just they get punched in the mouth and they fold they give up oh here we go you know oh, it's columbia again or, or whatever no, we have to talk about columbia more but it's one of those things where a kid who, who i'm seeing at boise right now at boise high school right they, yep. they were they were getting beat and they were used to losing and and when you have that that mentality of oh here we go just doesn't matter what i do like it's just no fight um, that to me is is uh, is sad because and, and unacceptable because I will never. I'm up. To, I mean, we could be down by thirty, and I'm up coaching. Uh, you've seen it in club. Like, yeah. I'm I'm gonna call, I'm standing and I'm yelling and I'm still coaching until the last second. Like down thirty, up thirty, I don't care because I'm gonna give everything I got. And if and that's all I ask from a kid too. And that's why I think it's important for me when I am coaching that I never give up on them. I will never just sit on the bench and just be quiet. I will never, there's always learning experiences. There's always teaching experiences. There's always ways that the, the kid uh, the, the, the kid and the coach can, can learn regardless of the score, regardless of, of uh, how much time is left. Like there's always opportunities for, for teaching. And so for me, I feel like when I lead by example, it allows them to know like, well, he's not giving up. So I, I can't, I, I, I won't let that. that. So. I dig it, dude. So effort and attitude uh, is a huge piece for that, for, for culture change. And then, yeah, dude, if you have that belief, and it goes both ways. I think, like you just said, the, the coach will, if the coach believes, then the kids will also feed off of that. So, but it's the vice versa too. If the kids believe the coach will feed off of that. And uh, that's the recipe right there. I like that. Now, Colin, earlier you mentioned, you know, you started getting to the club scene as far as basketball club scene for basketball uh, at a younger age. And, um, that is what I kind of wanted to touch base on for the second half of this interview is talking about the club scene, you know, club basketball. We've talked about it a couple of times on this show. I brought various individuals on talking about club right when this show started back in 2017, I actually had a guest on by the name of Adam Rankin and Adam was talking about how club ball was just now on the rise finally in Idaho five years ago. Um, and the difference between that and maybe Y ball or the quote unquote AAU, even though they're so somewhat similar, he was talking about club ball. And so ever since then, I've just kind of kept an eye on it as we've discussed it. And now ha seeing where club ball's at um, and, and, and knowing the game now as a coach myself, I want to talk about club compared to high school. You just talked about Boise high currently here in Idaho. For those who are listening all across the world, Boise high school is the high school in the capital of our state. And the players that are on that team, there's quite a few of them actually who played for premier 
And I will tell you right now, in the the club tournaments, it, they were on Collins' team. So those club games, those kids are shooters. Those kids are killers, dude. Those kids know how to play. They're high-level basketball players. And you see them over at, at Boise High School in their high school season, and they're literally losing. They're getting smacked. And it's just a weird, it's a weird thing for me to see because at the high school level, we know that they're better than that. We know that they have this talent, but people from the outside will look over and be like, oh, they're trash. They're not, they're not winning. No. But I want to talk about the club scene and dive into this because you you have both you have experience as the coach for the high for the high school level and then at the club level and talk about the differences. So let's talk about club. What made you want to start Idaho Premier first off? I want to know about what made you want to even start this in the first place. I saw the need for the type of club that, to me, should be ran. Uh, The type of opportunity that should be there for all kids, not just kids whose parents can can, uh, afford it. So I saw the need when I kept on hearing parents and and players telling me to start my own club, and I was like, "Ah, I mean – I've never thought about that, but, you know, then I got parents who pulled me aside and say, well, here's, here's the thing we had, we, we had an opportunity to play for, I won't name clubs, but we had an opportunity to play for this club. And I mean, he made the team, but then when it came down to it, the amount of money that we had to pay to be able to, to, to go and play for this club, to be able to go to the tournaments where the coaches were, I couldn't afford it. I literally was not going to be able to afford it. And so they told him that he could, you know, he could practice to be a practice guy. And, and, but when it came to the tournaments, he just wouldn't be able to go because he didn't pay that money. And so then there was a prime example that happened when, um, <clears throat> when I just realized like, okay, you know what? Like let's figure out a way to be able to have this club to where I don't care about making money. And, and it's proven. It's definitely, uh, uh, <clears throat> it's not about money, but, you know, I had a, I have a good paying job. I don't care about the money. Let's try and create opportunities for, for those who truly de- deserve the chance to get their college education paid for or to play at the next level. Like if you have a kid who whose ability is there and they work hard and they're a great kid and simply can't go get the opportunity for exposure that you need, you can't do it in Idaho. You have to go travel. You have to go to those tournaments because they're not coming here. So to have some kid like not get not be able to have that chance uh that was unacceptable it's just unacceptable to me and so jess and i talked to jess i was like okay well i mean what do you think she's like if we do this we're doing it the right way and i was like well what do you mean she's like i want like nike gear i want like on the top of the line like i want to have make sure that it is something that um it's not done half-assed but it is done like you know in a way where we price it to where, where we keep kids' costs as low as possible and yet try and get some sort of scholarship offer for kids who, who simply can't afford anything. Because, I mean, let's be honest, club is expensive. Like the travel, yeah. like the, the airplanes and the, the tickets and the, the hotel stay, it all adds up. And so we decided to keep, again, costs as low as possible and yet still provide this opportunity to go get exposed and so you know we we have lacked the uh the donations and sponsorships that we need to be able to not lose money um and that's and that's i can only point, uh, blame myself for not 
trying to go out there and, and trying to ask more, uh, get more people involved and ask if people want to donate. But, um, you know, it was all about getting kids the opportunity. And so we've lost, um, we, we spent all of our miles, Southwest miles, all of our Marriott points, like for kids who just simply couldn't afford it. But what happened from that is we had a kid named Isaac Dewberry who, who uh, was at Bora, you know, two-time state champion. Uh, it's an amazing player, but he wasn't able to travel and for the club that he was playing for because he didn't have the money for it. And I, uh, that to me again was just so unacceptable. I couldn't believe it. And so we asked him to come play for us and it didn't matter. Like just, we just want you to be a part of. And next thing you know, he got a uh, offer at CSI uh, because of it. And, and so we're just, again, we, we want to make sure that kids aren't passing up this opportunity simply because it's not affordable. Totally. Now, just so you, like for the listeners who are out there, I know there's people who I've spoken to, whether they be at my church or if they're just random friends of mine, they've asked me about club. They've asked me because they know that I was coaching in Idaho premier and they've asked me about, you know, hey, my, my, my kid's looking to get into it now. He's a freshman or a sophomore and they're, they're excited about it, but there is a cost. Um, just understand that there is a cost. It's not like what Colin's saying right here. It's not like they're going to make it free, right? Um, but they're going to do what they can to make it, you know, a little bit more feasible, I guess what I mean is, is what I mean. And one of the things I think uh, for club is it does, it gives all these opportunities though to, to kids. And that that's the thing is people look at this expense and I hope parents can understand this. You're looking at the expense that it, like you pay a club fee, which is what they're like, oh my goodness. And then they have to travel. And then they're like, well, then there's all this. And it's like, listen, yes, but Colin's not over here just raking it. There are some clubs, unfortunately, across the entire country for that matter, that are just in there for a cash grab. They'll, 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 they'll bank out, they make a living off of their clubs that they run. And that's great and all. But um, the thing is, understand that when you go out there, there is a benefit to being part of a club and playing in tournaments. Like Colin just said, you gave Isaac's example. Like when you're out there, playing these other teams in different places, especially from Idaho, it is totally worth the cost because you're giving your kid a potential opportunity to play at the next level and maybe get his school paid for his or her school paid for um, with that opportunity. I just hope people understand that there is that it's investing in your child. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's no, what it is. Exactly. And, and the thing is, is that, you know, if you don't get them out there to see and play against other kids from California, from, from Arizona, from, from across the country, if you don't get them out there to see what's out there and the type of level that these kids can play at and, and the, the type of atmosphere that you get from being in a, uh, at a tournament when you have, you know, 80 teams and, and kids from all over different, all over the country. And, and it just opens your eyes. I remember the first time, <laughs> so I went to, uh, AAU nationals in, uh, Orlando, Florida, and you know we were so stoked. I mean, we're from San Diego, so it's not like we weren't exposed to like good competition. But we were uh, we came out of the San Diego region, and we flew there, and it was at the uh, Walt, Walt Disney Center. Um, what was it called out there? The Are you talking about Orlando? Yeah, yeah. What the is Walt. That? It's the it's the huge complex, right? Yeah. What is what it the called NBA? though? Thing, isn't it like the, the, what? Worldwide, the it's where the NBA had their playoffs like a couple yeah, of years yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, the pandemic. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so I get there and we have opening ceremonies and I remember like just everyone, all these teams come, come in and we were talking 
six ten. I mean, I'm in seventh grade. Six ten. Like Tyson Chandler walks in, which at the time no <laughs> one would know, but Tyson Chandler from SoCal All Stars like walks in, and and uh, they had him and three future uh, NBA players on that team. Um, but they come in, and I was like, okay, like this is uh this is an experience <laughs> I'll never forget, right? And sure enough, like that helped me to prepare myself for what is actually out there, the competition that's actually out there. So I'm not just, for example, an Idaho kid who, who has not traveled out of Idaho or hasn't been to a big tournament, he might think that he's he's in a good position or he's doing well, he's dominating. Like, that's all fun and dandy, but then that's not going to push him to, to his potential because he's not going to be able to see what is actually out there in other, in other, in other states, the type of competition that he's actually – up against when it comes to the recruiting, when it comes to colleges. Like, you're not going to go going up just against kids in Idaho. There's kids from everywhere have that opportunity to go to that same college. So, I feel like to me, it was the most uh, important thing for me was the learning experience to know that, okay, I have to work extra hard. You see, I am so glad you said that. I any any athlete that I've spoken to that's at the high school age, especially here in Idaho, they'll say how much club benefited them because yeah, they learn a lot. They have adversity through their high school and stuff, but it's truly when you start to get into those tournaments where you're playing that high level competition. Just from experience for myself, and we weren't even playing like top level, but when I went to Salt Lake with my team this last year, we first game we play a team from um, oh man. Oh, Long Beach. So we're playing this team from Long Beach, and that was fun. Uh, Different culture for most of the kids on my team. A little different style for their players and their coaches, So, and and including myself, which was fun. So you get to see a little bit more of the physicality and what's involved with that. Uh, So our our players got a little bit of a culture shock that way. Um, And then the exact same tournament, we ended up making it to the championship game or whatever you want to call it. The two top teams are playing, and uh, we're playing this team from – Real Salt Lake Academy. So there's like two major academies in Salt Lake City, which one's Wasatch, and then the other one um, is Real Salt Lake Academy. And those are two of the academy schools that, I mean, they produce pretty solid talent in, in the basketball world in, in Utah. And, oh, my. I told my kids, I said, because we were joking. We were joking, Colin, like, because when we first came into that tournament, there was one game that was happening with that same team. And I'm not joking. It was 62-4. to four. 62 to four was the score at the time. And they were still pressing wow. in the second half. And like, and my, and my team goes, I just don't understand how people could lose like that. Cause we hadn't quite lost like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we lost by like right, 20 right. or no, something, for but, sure. but for sure. we got matched up with them. And, uh, we found out very quickly that there are levels to the game of basketball. And it was a team from Salt Lake city. You wouldn't think, Oh, Salt Lake's just like Idaho, but they had some talent, uh, some big dudes who, you know, they're seeing these guys who are six, 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 seven, and they're playing guard because that's yeah. what you would play yeah, at the next level. Yeah. And you're like, oh, so yeah, we ended up getting housed by almost like 40 points. It was like 30 something plus, but I think mm-hmm. they, they put their foot off the gas a little bit in the second half out of respect. And so we got to experience, I got experiences it as a coach and our players got to experience it, but, and people would ask like, what can you learn in those moments? You still get to learn because in club, I feel like even when you're get like you said, if you're the right coach and you're the right players even when you're getting smacked, you can't replicate a situation with a referee and full-on rules in a full game. So you go as hard as you possibly can during the time that you actually have that experience because practices don't allow you to replicate that uh, to that full extent. So it it was one of my experiences too. And so I just want people to understand, like you have those whoa moments. And we, we got, even after that, 
the MPI tournament, uh, my team got ran off the court by another <laughs> another club so around my, here. I mean, honestly, so did one of my teams. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's we had some bad losses, but there are some big big time opportunities to learn. Now, I want to I want to know what you would tell kids who are on the verge. They're like, hey, sh- I'm playing high school ball. I want to play club. Like, I'm, maybe I, I love Colin style. I'm listening to this podcast. I want to play for Premier. Like, what's the biggest thing they can get out of it? What do you say? Hey, what's your sales pitch, Colin? Let's call it that. Like, what what are they going to get if they come and, and try out for Premier? And let's say they make the team over at Premier. What are they going to get from you and the program? Uh, I love that question because for me, I believe the way that we run it, the way that my coaches are. Um, it's <clears throat> one, you're going to get what, what it's about. So it means like, we're going to the big tournaments to, to get the exposure, to give you the chance. Like we can only do, do so much, but to give you the chance to play in front of, uh, coaches and, and try and all, all it takes is one coach to impress. That's it. All it takes is one coach. All the other coaches can think what they want, but just one coach. And, and so we're going to give you that chance to be able to play, um, in front of the, the coaches and, um, and that's something that obviously club is about, but what we really like to do and what we're focusing on and what we focus on from the beginning is, I mean, we, we practice two times a week for two and a half months. So we're not just here just to like, all right, let's collect some, collect the money, send you on your way to your tournaments. Like, good luck. Like, hope you can do your best. Like we are trying to really focus on treasure Valley, the kids in treasure Valley, so in the Boise area, um, developing their talents. So therefore they're not just, they're actually improving their game and improving um, in a way that it's going to benefit them long-term uh, as far as, you know, what skills we need to work on. And they're going to know that each coach is going to have um, built a relationship with them. As you know, as you know, now as, as quickly as it happens, you gain these relationships with these kids to the point where they trust you and they trust what you're going to say. And so you know that if a kid comes to our program, they know that one, we're going to actually get to know them and to the point where we're going to know what their weaknesses are. We're going to know what their strengths are and we're going to help them with those weaknesses to the best of our ability and being able to have, you know, three to four hours of practice a week to be able to work on those things along with, um, you know, preparing themselves for, for the tournaments. But for the most part, we're just trying to get kids to be able to become more comfortable in the things that, that they struggle with and to make sure that they are coming out of it a uh, better basketball player because the exposures, it's going to happen. We're going to go to those tournaments. But the relationships that we build is what it's all about to me. Like, I've had so many kids, uh, so many kids who have called me outside of basketball with a, with a problem, with a, something that they're struggling with that has nothing to do with basketball, but they know that I've struggled in my life and I've had plenty of tribulations to overcome and, and things that, that no, no one should have to overcome. But these kids know that I'm not perfect, but yet I'm also open and like, and, and they know that I care about them to the point where they'll call me about, uh, <clears throat> at a, <clears throat> I won't say names, <clears throat> but that kid who uh, thought about taking his life and been struggling with it, and 
to get that phone call late at night and to know that uh, <clears throat> it was a good reminder to me that these kids have so much to deal with with social media and the highlights of everyone's life that it really, you know, you, you always hear about, <clears throat> sorry, but you hear about kids who are struggling that, that, um, that don't ever tell anyone, that don't ever come out. And next thing you know, the horrible news comes out. And, and, uh, for me, it was a good reminder that I need to make sure that I, I, and knowing these kids to the point where I'm not just talking about basketball, I'm asking them about how, like, how's your life? Like, what's going on at home? Like, how, how are your grades? Like, what can you, what are you struggling with that you want to get it off your chest? And, and, and um, that was the one thing from the very beginning of this club. I told Jessica, I said, listen, I want to be able to, to set time, set <clears throat> time aside before or after practice to where, like, I talk to these kids one-on-one about how they're doing because uh, just, I just heard too many horror stories and, and I know too many examples of people who, who haven't been asked that, who, who haven't been, uh, who haven't been given the opportunity to have someone who outside of their parents or maybe some people who don't have parents, but they haven't had that, that figure to go to, um, that adult to go to, to be able to, to open up without having to worry about, you know, being judged and, or, or, or being embarrassed or feeling like, oh, I wonder how he's going to feel about me after I say this. Like, again, they, uh, my kids who play for me, they all know, like, I am, I am, I'm always there for them. And so when you, and I, again, I've had numerous and I don't, let me go into it all, but there's so many times, uh, Shane, that I've had kids call me at, at all hours of the night and asking me for advice or help or, something where like you know like it's just looking for guidance in a time when they need it so <clears throat> see i can speak to that because i've seen it with your players uh for even just the short time i was i've been with the club i should say um from the small experience that i have but i can speak to that colin's whole like um aura if you will it's kind of infectious, right? It's, con it's contagious. Uh, we, the coaches see that. So like I tried to do a, a better job of like being relational to the players, getting to know those players. And I can speak to the, the Idaho premier um, culture. And that's exactly what it is. You're talking about relationships. I mean, I didn't see a coach there that didn't have a good relationship with his kids. At least the ones that like, I mean, everyone that we had coaching last spring and summer, I, I felt like the coaches and the kids had great relationships. There was a bond there that was a little bit different. I mean, if you were on my team, you got to see me ball my eyes out after our final game because I, I got so connected to the players as a yeah, personal yeah. standpoint. It's just like you just get to see these these young men that, that are growing and they develop so quickly before you. You're like, man, like you see them in, in March and then at the very end of May, so almost June, you see like the growth in a three-month span of yeah. these young men if they truly put their heart and soul into what they're doing you're like man you almost don't want to let them go it's like a, it's like a kid yeah like you almost don't want to yeah. let them go for a couple yeah. months into the summer because you're like oh man but what's cool about what you said colin is like at idaho premiere what i also loved is especially like on, on my particular team but there's this is the way it is everywhere we had 
such a diverse background of individuals, right? Like when you, you got kids who, who come from, you know, more privileged, I shouldn't say privileged, but more, you know, steady environments at home and then kids who don't and, and they're all there to play, but that's kind of their out is to play basketball. And so it gives these kids an opportunity. And that's what I love about premieres. It's giving these kids an opportunity to come out there and they, some of them are extremely good athletes, but maybe they don't have a great situation at home or maybe just financially not as stable as others. And, uh, they still get to come out there and they get to become friends. And that's one of the things that I think we miss a lot in society. Everyone, like you should be able to connect with people like a kid from Caldwell should be able to connect with a kid from Boise, you know? And that's, what's cool is like, sometimes it brings those, those kids together yeah. and they get to yeah. see each other and they get to hang out. Otherwise they might not ever run in the same circles, but this gives them the opportunity to do so. Um, yeah. Were you going to say something? Yeah. And here's the thing. It's like, what do I remember as a kid playing basketball? Like, I remember going to Orlando and seeing Tyson Chandler. Like, like <laughs> I remember those moments. I remember how uh, <clears throat> we all went to the Epcot Center afterwards. I remember like, there's so many things outside of like just the game that I know I'm creating. Me and Jess for for these kids. Like, when we go on road trips or when we go to travel, like everyone's staying like together close by, and like we'll go we'll go do an activity like, you know, top golf or like, we'll go do something fun. Like to the point where like these experiences become more than just the game, because if we're being honest right now, what's the percentage that, that any of these kids will make a living because of basketball, like they can get their college education paid for. That's great. That's a, that's a lot of money. And, yeah. and, and I'm not saying that they're there, that there is no chance for them to be able to make a living playing basketball but the actual percentage of kids who come and try out for a club and actually get to the point where that's their sort, main source of income you're not not too many yet i mean i'm hoping that yeah. we can get to the point where that's the situation and again i'm not i'm not saying and telling anyone who's listening right now that or any of my players that you aren't able to do it you can't do it because they all know i believe in them it's just the reality is that you might you might find that there's something more important that you want to do in life or whatever it may be so in the meantime, like, you know that I, I just know I'm, I'm creating these type of memories and these type of friendships that will last them a lifetime. And and then uh, it also is fun to get out there and, and mix it up with them um, yeah. and, and play and, and talk trash and, and, and just enjoy the ride. Like, you have to be able to enjoy the ride. Like, some kids and some people, some parents are so hard on themselves or their kids to the point where, like, I see some kids who can't enjoy it and, and and if you and, and and it's like and i see parents who are just constantly angry and constantly upset or or mad about this or mad about that like there's always something wrong and i really really have a hard time with that because that's just not that's just not the way i am like i don't understand the the whole um i don't understand why people don't try to just relax and see that you know what like what i'm doing this negative this negative mindset this negative way of of thinking it directly impacts the kids who then can't enjoy the game of basketball and it's just crazy to me to think that someone can play a a game like this and not be able to enjoy it but the sad thing is that truth is that it's just some parents. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that's a whole nother concept. If you're a parent listening, I, I, I have no shame in saying this on my show. 
don't ruin it for your kids, man. Like that's just straight up. I Colby Blaine, College of Idaho. He said it on my show before. They're recruiting parents as much as they're recruiting kids right now. If you're one of the parents that just, it just, it, yeah. if you're one of those parents, is what we'll call it. If you're one of those yep. parents, your kids at a disadvantage. Don't do that to your, don't yeah. do that to your kids. Don't, don't make, don't take the fun out of it for them. And I love that you said fun, Colin, because like club basketball. I remember last year when we were getting started, you had told me, um, AJ Niebergall from EBC media, AJ was also coaching at the time. And he told me the same thing. It's going to be fun. I was actually kind of nervous because I was like trying to figure out my, I was trying to gain my, my footing and trying to take it, you know, every day. <laughs> yeah, you, you were nervous. You were just was, so intense about it. It was awesome. I was learning the, the, the system, you know, and I was trying to make sure I didn't like do the kids a disservice or the club a disservice. So I was trying to make sure I, I was like doing everything right. But, uh, what I, found out was how much fun it truly is. And those kids win or lose, there were times, Oh, there were plenty of times where I, some of my guys on my team wanted to fight each other. I mean, there's definitely times yeah. there, but there were also times where you're on these tournaments where you travel, right. And it might just be for two days and you might be sick of seeing each other, but at the same time, those are the memories you'll remember. Like I got one player against that long beach team who hits a three and does this and it gets a T for it. Well, obviously I had to talk to him and uh, that started a whole, you know, chirping back and forth with the bench. The coach is yelling at me. I'm yelling at the coach, like, chill out, dude. He's just having fun. He's a kid. And then I, those are the memories that I'm like, dude, I mean, okay. Yeah. Maybe just don't do this where the ref's going to see you and you get a T after you hit a three, but like at the same time, that's actually hilarious. And I laughed about it. So those are the memories that I, I, I think the kids, like the kids and the coaches have such a blast with club ball. It's just amazing. Oh, yeah. And then on top of it, there's the benefits of, recruiting. I mean, I just wanted to shout out a, a guy named Will Bogan. For those who are around the Valley here in Idaho, Will played for Valley View. When I was a, a senior, Will was a sophomore. He was the player of the year in Idaho. So keep this in mind. Will was the player of the year uh, in Idaho, played for Valley View. He was incredible. So he started as a sophomore, junior, and a senior. He was a, he's a guard. One of the fastest, best shooting guards I've ever seen in Idaho. Will Bogan was incredible. He didn't have anybody looking for him. I mean, he was arguably the top player in the entire state across all, all conferences, all divisions, whatever. No one was looking for him. He did not get recruited until he went to play in a club tournament. And I believe it was down in Las Vegas is when he finally got recruited. He went to Ole Miss and then he went and he ended up uh, finishing his career at Valpo playing in the March Madness tournament. So, and now Will's back here doing his thing. He's just a few years younger than I, but the thing is, is club, even for the best players in Idaho, sometimes you will not be seen. You need to go and get that exposure. So Colin, if somebody wants to know more about Idaho premier, where can they find the info? Like, where do they go? Do they go to your social media pages? Do they go to your website? Where do they go? Yeah, you can go to uh, IdahoPremierBasketball.com or you can go to Idaho Premier Basketball as far as uh, Instagram. Um, that's where you'll see uh, Instagram is where we do most of it. Um, but, yeah, those, those two main things right there. And and uh, if you see me, I'm always at games now. You know, I, I, I like to – it was nice to have this year off as far as coaching high school after uh, after Meridian, after we won state last year, and just realized I needed to take a step back and be with my family. And, <laughs> I love it. German Shepherd, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so, uh, you know, that's another fun part about being able to take off high school. I was able to go to watch, I mean, any almost any high school game. We had a premier kid there playing, and so just making sure that they know I, I – I, I'm there for them and then just, and I support them. And, and so it's been, it's been, uh, it's been good. It's been fun. 
if you are at a game, Colin will be there. I guarantee you something. You're, you'll see him every weekend. I always am amazed that he and his wife and the and the girls are there. Um, I should say he and his yeah, girls. Yeah. Call around. They're always there. Somewhere, like Colin will pop up everywhere. I'm like, dude, every weekend. So that that just speaks to your your love of the players and the love of the game itself, Colin. And that's why I freaking love you, man. So, all right. I want to know as we wrap up the interview two questions left first one what's your favorite memory in in the coaching world specifically with club basketball what's your favorite memory from the coaching side of it huh. i would say it was or it is i had a very like special team uh <clears throat> the past two years and and you know i had a Jalen Alexander and, and and numerous kids that were uh, end up being all state and, and going on to play. We had actually we had eight kids from last year's team that went on to play uh, college basketball. But I remember going in it was in Utah, it was in Utah, Salt Lake City, and uh, this one team had been just talking trash. They were talking trash to to Brody before the game because Brody was a big you know he's a, he's a bigger guy you know and. and uh, Brody, for those who don't know, he's, he's about 6'11". He was probably well over three, 300, about 300 at that time. He's, mm-hmm. I love how he's uh, works his butt off. and He's working. He's lost 60 <laughs> pounds this year at that academy, man. He looks awesome. He's doing great. But anyways, just I remember them talking trash, and I remember our guys, like, they had, they had no idea how good we were because, you know, again, Idaho team, like, uh, we had Noah White. We had uh, McKay Anderson. We had Jason Fisher. We had... Joe Mapoyo, we had, so these this, that kind of stuff like just fueled them like that's all they needed like those guys that's all that's all it took and so we went out and we were playing this team and and uh, just going back and forth and, and they were chirping and they're one of the top teams in the in the West and, and and we'd we'd known about it we heard about it but we didn't care and so um, <clears throat> we ended up taking them to overtime and I just remember McKay Anderson hitting the game winning shot in the corner and and just like. Just that feeling of like, just, I mean, it, it was in club, you don't get the stay. You don't have, it's not packed. You don't have tons of fans there, but man, you can, so you can hear everything on the benches. And so there's just a fun, it was just a fun game. Cause it's a lot of, a lot of talking going on on both sides. And, and, uh, but in the end, uh, just seeing those guys, like they're so, such a good team, but just seeing the, the reactions of, of those kids from all different schools you know, that come together and play on a team and just see the result of that was, was really cool. So. so sick. Last question for you, Colin. What's the biggest life lesson that basketball has taught you? I think it is uh, ultimately you have to learn how to work with others you have to learn the team concept and realize that by yourself you you won't be as great as if you were to work as a unit um you know i I think that it has always allowed me to be able to be open and, and and honest with myself knowing that i don't know everything that i don't my way isn't the only way and and uh i know that i've definitely been um definitely been better at the ability to know that um, 
if, if the concept of team is, is so important because, you know, through that I was, I'm able to get the best results, whether it be, you know, you know, I, I'm really struggling with this right now, but bottom line is like being able to work with others and being able to have that, uh, that, that, uh, family aspect of, I'm going to get, I don't want to get too emotional. So for me, it's just, it's just all about, uh, I just learned how to work with others and, and, and make sure that I understood others. So. I dig that, man. I dig that. And that speaks to your coaching too. I'll say that one of the things that I've noticed with coach Collins. So for those listening, um, and you're interested in playing Friday premiere, I'd highly, uh, highly encourage you guys to go check it. I'm going to put the links here in the description, go follow them on Instagram, go to their website. I'll have their website link here. But if you're interested in, and seeing out what Colin's all about, the team aspect of Idaho premiere is, um, yeah, it's top notch. That's all I got to say. Uh, you have taught your players that same, you believe it and you've taught your players that same concept. That's why these Idaho boys are able to compete with some of the top dogs across the country because of the team aspect. You've taught them how to believe in each other and not just themselves. And I think that's also contagious. So I just, I can speak to that. I'll echo that. Um, I know that Colin's not just blowing smoke at you guys. He's actually practicing what he preaches because his players believe that too, when they play for him. So I just want to say thanks, Colin. I know it's, it's been longer than I, like it's been more than the time I told you I would take to talk to you. So I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Yeah. I I love talking to you. This is great. Yeah, no, I I appreciate it. Honestly, I, I am not the best as far as in front of the camera, but I do know that I, uh, I just appreciate this opportunity and just, I mean, anything to support you, like I'm all, I'm all about that. Man, you, you are the man. And I'll just say this. You are looking sexy in front of the camera today, dude. You got oh, the yeah, yeah, gear, yeah. you got yeah, the background and everything, dog. Yeah, you got yeah, it all right here. Yeah, I'm you a little got the cold, but it's, it's nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Colin can't feel his fingers and toes. It's all good though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, I appreciate you, man. For all those listening, go check the description. You'll see the links there. Like I said before, to go follow Idaho Premiere and, and see what Colin's all about. And uh, if you guys want to try out as well, there'll be more information on the website here shortly on that. And uh, for those listening, if you want to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, let us know what you thought of the interview. It helps it get out to more people. Do it. There you go. Do it. And we'll be coming to you next week with another interview. Take care. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars, and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.